0: Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm
1: Olivia DeBercier.
0: And if you'd like to support our show, you can find our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers. And take a look at the stickers and postcards we have for sale with Olivia's art. And we also have a few of the fossil sticker sheets left. But they're going fast, so I would definitely check that out if you're interested. They are, I think, my favorite of the sticker sheets, so definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, they've got quite an earthy color palette. So if that's your aesthetic,
0: then go for it. Go get one. Yeah, I think they're very aesthetic, and it's amazing. The The sticker sheets have done really well. That's the only one that's left. Yeah,
1: I'm really happy about it. Yeah, so I'm back in Edmonton now we're back to our usual programming. We've had a couple interesting episodes and it was kind of fun. The last two episodes were done in Vancouver. So it was nice to do see slugs in person with Sophia. But now I'm back in my closet. So (laughs)
0: recording. (laughs) yeah, it was super nice to have Olivia out here and to hear about all about the entomology conference seemed like a super busy time. And yeah, I loved hearing all those facts. So if you haven't listened to our last episode, which is the behind the scenes at the entomology conference, definitely check it out. But today we are talking about the wharf roach.
1: Yeah. Nice little creepy, crawly, weird looking thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like we had to do an insect follow up to that last episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, this one I guess it's not an insect, but it's like a buggy thing.
0: Oh, it's not? Is no, it No, it's not. Arthropod, I guess? I guess yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess it's an arthropod. But yeah, we'll talk a bit more about oh, about what it is um, a little later. I guess, I guess I would still sort of, if I saw it, I would probably call it a bug. Although I'm sure many people would argue with me about that.
0: Right. I guess roach. I literally don't know what this is. So I guess let's get into it and then <laughs> we'll, we'll find I'll out. Get into it. <laughs> so first, let's see what Blathers has to say. So, if you bring a wharf roach to Blathers, he'll say, "The wharf roach is an omnivore, which is merely a polite way of saying it will eat almost anything. This skittering scavenger and its uncouth appetite keeps beaches clean, it's said. But I dare say their long antenna and bulging eyes turn my stomach unappetizing indeed.: Yeah,
1: I mean, he doesn't really say a lot about what they are. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that there's, like, not a ton of information about them, but there's actually a fair number of papers about this critter, so I really want to go find them now. Like, they're just, I don't know, I'm just intrigued, and I feel like there's something common that I'm surprised I haven't seen before. But yeah, if you look at a picture of them, you'll notice that they have pretty big eyes, these very long antenna, and they kind of look like a cartoony, like, more dynamic version of, like, a roly-poly or a pill bug if you know what those are the little gray creatures you find under rocks if you turn them over
0: yeah i mean wait so by pill bug do you mean like wood bug like yeah did like a, like a, them right before. yeah yeah like a wood yeah. louse i think is the other name for them because my apartment is full of them like and my mom's house they're just everywhere like all i do when i vacuum is just vacuum up their carcasses <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what the wharf roach is. It's a isopod, uh, same as a pill bug. So isopods are an order or a group of crustaceans, and they live both marine, they live in freshwater, and they also live in terrestrial habitats. They're kind of amazing because while most of the species are marine, for instance, we talked about the giant isopod in one of our episodes. So if you want to go check that one out. Yeah, so most of the species are marine. But the terrestrial isopods have managed to, like, infiltrate all kinds of terrestrial habitats, including forests, deserts, and marshes, and uh, Sophia's house, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And most of them are pretty much pillbug-shaped. They have those very segmented, shield-like bodies. And the females are really cool because they have, like, they house their little babies in a pouch, kind of like... A little scaly multi-legged kangaroo. And I think that's so wonderful. So, yeah, little fun fact about isopods.
0: So, pill bugs aren't insects either? No, they're not. That's they, blowing they my are mind. A crustacean. I thought we did them, but I don't think we did. I'm just looking at our episodes.
1: Okay, this is the thing. I also have a memory of doing pill bugs.
0: Maybe we just talked about doing them. Maybe, maybe we like started.
1: I don't know, maybe we like started an episode, and then we were like, "This is bad" or something, or we like ran out of time.
0: I yeah, I don't. We haven't research. done them, but it's so weird. I really thought we've talked. I about I thought them.
1: we did too. I maybe we talked about them during the giant isopod episode. Oh gosh, we've done too many episodes at this point.
0: Wow, <laughs> can't remember. I, I did not know that they weren't insects, but I guess that makes sense cuz I guess a bunch of things that I think of as insects aren't, like centipedes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And spiders obviously, but but I didn't think spiders were insects, I'm not. I feel I'm
1: like that's confident. the obvious one, but yeah, the, the yeah. isopods are
0: I think it's because they
1: have almost this like beetle-like quality to them. I th- I think they're a little bit confusing in that sense. I remember as a kid I used to think that they were like related to centipedes. Or to, to mm. Millipedes. Or
0: they also <laughs> they really remind me of armadillos. Oh my gosh. So funny thing. Um
1: one of the oh gosh, I can't remember if it's a family or like an order or something. No, it's not an order. Maybe like a suborder is called like armadillo. Oh, give me a second. Let me find a family tree. I didn't write this down. Okay, yes. So there's like a genera called armadillidium. Of isopods, and those are commonly known as the woodlice, the, the pill bugs, the roly polies, potato bugs. Their genera is Armadillidium. Oh. So you have the same thought as whoever named this genera, apparently Brandt, in 1833. <laughs> I'm just looking at Wikipedia here. So
0: that's my guy. Yeah. Isn't
1: that cute? And the family is Armadillidium. Arma- there's so many d's and i's and l's wait <laughs> armadilla day day wow um, so there you go the more you know
0: that's so cool well we might have to do a pill bug follow-up but i'm I guess very so. intrigued about this
1: yeah, it's it's so interesting. I loved reading about these. So like, I guess isopods, they sort of came up from the oceans and then colonized terrestrial land. So now we have species both in the depths of the ocean and also in our backyards and our basements. But yeah, the wharf roach is really cool because it's living in this in-between area between the ocean and the land called the littoral zone. So generally it's considered to be a terrestrial isopod because it can't live underwater, you know, forever, but it also can't live too far away from the water. It really, I mean, like all isopods, it needs a lot of water. As a group, terrestrial isopods are very much like this Goldilocks creature, which needs just enough water to keep its gills active and able to absorb oxygen, but it can't be in too much water or it drowns. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I think that's kind of a cool thing. So isopods including your little wood lice and roly-polies and whatever. They like moist habitats, which is why you so often find them under rocks. The wharf roach is also in the family Ligidae, which is a group that contains 40 species of very similar looking creatures that live in this littoral zone. And the English name wharf roach appears to refer specifically to a species called Ligia exotica, So I'll use those words a few times in this episode. the family Ligidae and then this specific species, Ligia exotica.
0: And where do they live in the world? So Ligia exotica is likely
1: native somewhere between like the shores of South Africa and Japan and through the South Pacific. So it's got quite a wide native range, but it very quickly spread around the world to all kinds of beaches and ports And it was likely hitching a ride on ships as they traveled around. So now it can be found in subtropical and warm areas all the way from New Jersey to Argentina and like basically all over the map in Hawaii. And yeah, so I think that's kind of cool. Although it appears not to be all that into very tropical locations. So you won't find them like around the equator. In terms of the weather These wharf roaches are pretty tolerant to cold, but they will, like, go dormant during the winter and really cold times. In general, this species is a saltwater isopod, but there is a population in Taiwan that appears to have developed a, a population up a freshwater stream. So that's kind of cool. It's a very flexible organism, it seems, in terms of that it's been able to spread so far.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Wharf is like other isopods, as I
1: mentioned before, need to be really damp in order to breathe. So these little bugs like to hang out in cliffs, in beach rocks, and all along the shore. Basically anywhere that they can have a nice safe place to hide. It's also really important that they have some sort of shelter so that they don't overheat or get too cold. And they also, like I said, need just enough water. So they really like to be sort of under rocks and in those sort of tide pool areas. When it comes to getting water, most other animals will get water by drinking it or ingesting it through the food that they eat. And these are all active methods of water transport. But wharf roaches do this differently. They do it passively. So they have these amazing features to help them survive on land without drying up. Basically, they have these straws on their legs. So if you were to put a wharf roach under a scanning electron microscope and looked Very carefully at their legs, you'd see these textured trails that are called capillaries that are moving up their leg. So when water makes contact with these trails, the texture basically pulls the water up the leg and into the gills of the wharf roach. Not only that, but these capillaries will even feed water into the female's little kangaroo pouch when the mama wharf roach has babies she needs to keep damp.
0: That's amazing. Yeah,
1: it's so cool. And, like, there was so much physics that went into figuring out, like, how they do this. And I just think that's so cool that, like, people were looking at little isopod legs
0: trying to figure out how they drink. Yeah, that's like, it's almost like trees.
1: Yeah, yeah, it totally is. It's really fascinating. And it's not like... In trees, they they have this sort of internal straw system. This is all happening on the outside of their bodies.
0: Right. Which so I think cool. is kind of
1: amazing. And this isn't the only way they get water because many species of the family Ligidae are also able to absorb water vapor right out of the air.
0: That's amazing. And in the game, you find them in groups. Do they congregate like that in real life?
1: Yeah. So they seem to like to hang out in groups partly because it's much easier for them to find a good habitat if they follow the group. They seem to be attracted to dark areas or highly contrasting areas. So when they're running to find a place to hide, if they're in a big group, they're much more likely to find a good spot because
0: everyone's on the lookout. So yeah, you'll usually find them in these groups. That's so funny. Yeah. My mom's bathroom has like a heated floor and I guess they're not wharf roaches. Obviously they're just pill bugs but they're always like running around in groups oh my gosh really (laughs) yeah it's funny you're just like sitting on the toilet like in the middle of the (laughs) night and they're just like running around (laughs) I don't know oh
1: that's so funny wow you're learning so much about pill bugs because yeah they're like nocturnal and they really like human spaces which is why you'll often find them in bathrooms and yeah the heat makes sense like bugs need heat like they're not producing their own heat so right. of course they'd like a nice warm humid spot oh my gosh a bathroom with a heated floor is ideal
0: wow yeah I'm a I'm an expert on you're kind of an isopods. Expert. yeah just you should some you should do
1: a thesis on isopods <laughs> in your mom's bathroom I think your mom yes. would not be happy to find out that we're talking about bugs in her very clean water
0: <laughs> on our her house is very clean but it is so just full of bugs because it's like I don't know. It's it's like it's kind old, of an incredible house. Yeah, it's like an old A-frame, like in the woods. So it just is full. And and honestly, my apartment maybe it's just me. My apartment is full of like daddy long legs and pill bugs and stuff. Like why?
1: I think your your house is sort of built like a pitfall trap because it's like right below the ground level, <laughs> and so they all just like fall in.
0: They fall in yeah everyone's already heard about my slugs everyone knows about my problem my bug problems
1: you should just capture them and send them to me yeah and then I'll have a nice little collection
0: this is my ecosystem yeah and so going back to the wharf roaches which yeah let's I talk about that again. don't have <laughs> um what do they eat blathers said that they're omnivorous yeah they are but they're m- They're mostly herbivorous. Like their favorite thing
1: to eat are these little tiny bits of algae and diatoms, which are just like unicellular algae that wash in from the sea. But as with many things, it's not going to turn its nose up at a bit of ocean mystery meat. So that sort of makes it omnivorous. It'll eat a little bit of detritus every once in a while.
0: Oh, okay. because Blathers really made it seem like they were like scavengers yeah,
1: from what I read, I mean, they'll scavenge on like little bits of seaweed and algae. And that honestly is like half of what you see like washed up on a beach. So, but from what I read, yeah, they tend to be categorized as like mainly herbivorous, but okay. With enough of them, I'm sure they could clean up a beach pretty well.
0: And what are eating
1: wharf roaches? Lots of lizards, birds, little crabs, um, even mammals like rats and raccoons will eat them. And then also even fish and other aquatic life will sort of snack on these isopods if they're unfortunate enough to fall in the water.
0: And so can they swim at all or are they just always on land?
1: Wurfurches are able to swim a little bit but they're kind of bad at it. So they'll sort of like flex their body up and down and then they'll like row their little legs in a butterfly stroke pattern, which is honestly so adorable to picture. I loved reading that (laughs) description about how they swim, but they don't go into the water willingly. More often they'll be swept into the waves if they get too close to the water or maybe they'll fall into a tide pool, but they aren't going to die immediately after falling in the water. They can sort of crawl on the ground or sort of, do this clumsy swim back to land sometimes they'll even fall into water if they're escaping a predator so they might do it intentionally too but they're really vulnerable in the water too because there's a lot of stuff that can eat them in the water and obviously they're not very good at getting away so it's an extremely vulnerable place to be and they'll only be in there willingly if it's like the last option for ligia exotica the length of time they can stay in the water is about four days as long as the water is filled with a lot of oxygen. So it seems like the biggest issue for these bugs is if they're in the water and the water doesn't have oxygen or enough oxygen, they basically drown.
0: Interesting. Okay. And is there any reason we should, I guess, like be afraid of them if we see them on, on like a wharf or the beach or something, or are they harmless?
1: They're really harmless. Like, I think the name roach makes people think of something that's really dirty. And obviously, right. like, sorry, I'm going to get on a little soapbox here, like, on my soapbox. Roaches, the reason people think they're dirty is that, like, they're frass. Okay, so if you have, like, an infestation of roaches, if they're pooping a lot, like, yeah, that's bad. And it's going to, like, accumulate bacteria and stuff. But, like, the roaches themselves aren't exactly the issue, and like the same here with like the wharf roach, like they're not they're not like making a place dirty and disgusting. They're just like another bug that has a terrible name. <laughs> and in fact, they're like like Blather said, they're probably cleaning up. Even the ones that aren't native to an area, I read about them and everyone was sort of like, yeah, they're like an alien species, but they don't really seem to be having a negative effect on anything around here. That being said, like it's kind of hard to I mean, there's a lot of, like, lack of research around invertebrates, so it's hard to say exactly what their impact is, but it doesn't seem like anything, like, super immediate. And yeah, they aren't, like, huge pests of homes, as far as I could tell, because they want to be near the ocean. The one thing is that they're just kind of visually unpleasant. Like, if you don't like bugs, like, scattering when you go near them, then... Yeah, you're not going to like them. Like in the game, they don't look super cute. Right. Now, before we leave, you might be thinking, okay, so like wharf roaches, they're like mothers with their little babies on the belly. They suck up water through their feet. But beyond that, why should I really care about them? Like maybe you're not convinced still. But I read a bunch of really cool papers on how various species of Ligidae family members are really useful bioindicators meaning that while they're like running around beaches and rocks and cliffs next to the ocean and they're vacuuming up all those algal particles, they're actually picking up a lot of contaminants that are running off from both the land and that are in the ocean and kind of washing up on shore. And by studying what contaminants end up in these dead wharf roaches, scientists can figure out how harmful pollutants are bioaccumulating in certain areas of the littoral zone and in the nearby oceans. So wharf roaches are great because they're really common, they're accumulating these metals very clearly, and they tend to hang around their birth beach because they aren't really great at dispersing. They can't really go all that far on their tiny little legs. And so they're a really good measure of what heavy metals and other contaminants are present in that area. One paper even looked at their ability to bioaccumulate radioactive elements at the site of the Fukushima nuclear power plant accident or, or near that site. So there's a whole plethora of research on this topic. And I think it's really cool that they can be bioindicators.
0: That's super cool. Their Their sacrifices are gain. Yeah. They can be like a little environmental detective helper. Yeah. They're just like scanning... The littoral zone. It's very cool.
1: So that's the wharf roach. If you want to find them, your best bet is looking at night during low tide because that's when they like to come out and feed. The reason being that low tide is when all of that delicious algae has settled down where the water was and is now available to the roaches. They don't have to go for a little swim. So yeah, I I found myself pleasantly surprised researching the wharf roach. I thought there would be almost no information (laughs) on it, but I was proven wrong. Turns out you can learn a lot from even that thing.
0: Yeah. And I feel like this was like a fun teaser episode for like a pill bug future episode. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do one. And it's a good reminder to go back and listen to the giant isopod episode if you haven't. That was one of our really early episodes, but I remember it fondly.
1: Yeah. I think you did the research for that one.
0: Oh, yeah. That was the Sophia episode. I don't remember anything about that. So maybe I should re listen. I guess so. Well, thank you so much Olivia. That was super interesting and I, I want to keep my eyes out for these guys because I don't I don't really I'm sure I must have seen them in person, but I can't really think of a time. Like I've definitely seen obviously sand fleas and stuff like that, but I'm always at the beach so I got to keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if they're in
1: Vancouver, but who knows? Maybe there's another species.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll look it up. And thank you everyone so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers, and check out our TikTok at beyond underscore blathers. Olivia is kind of doing a new sort of vlog style series on there and it's super fun. So I would highly recommend checking it out if you want a little sneak peek into her daily entomology master student science communication life.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I talk a lot about what drinks I'm drinking on there. (laughs) So maybe I'll just become like a warm beverage influencer. That's
0: the dream.
1: So if you'd like to support the show, take a look at our shop update at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers.
0: Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye.